Welcome to Tisha Talks Topics. This podcast is for women who are looking to align their passion with their purpose. And girl, this podcast is for you. We are covering all things on this podcast, all things women, from personal development to entrepreneurship to professional development, parenthood, relationships, you name it, I'm trying to cover it. So without further ado, let's see what this week's episode is about. Hi, everyone. I am so excited about our next guest, Vanessa Brantley-Newton. She is a phenomenal illustrator and author. As an artist swathed in retro chic, she loves all things vintage, especially books and clothes from the 40s through the 60s, and it shines through her designs, which run the gamut of fun and whimsical to stylish and sophisticated. She loves to add unique touches to her work, including mixed media accents, collages, and hand lettering. Vanessa was born during the Civil Rights Movement and attended school in Newark, New Jersey. Being part of a diverse, tight-knit community during such turbulent times, Vanessa learned the importance of acceptance and empowerment in shaping a young person's life. When she read Snowy Day by Ezra Jack Keats, it was the first time she saw herself in a children's book. This was a defining moment in her life and has made her into the artist she is today. As an illustrator, she includes children of all ethnic backgrounds in her stories and artwork. She wants all children to see their unique experiences reflected in the books they read so they can feel the same sense of empowerment and recognition she experienced as a young reader. Her most recent book is entitled Just Like Me. It is available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Guys, I'm so excited about this podcast. I have known Vanessa, wow, since I was, hmm, I want to say in my teenage years. And so just to see the success and the places and the things that she has been able to accomplish and the things that she's been able to do, I am so privileged to be able to catch up with her <laughs> and have this conversation. We do have a little bit of technical difficulty, so I just want to forewarn you, um, but bear with us through it. There may be some um, dead spaces, but we do continue talking, and this information that she shares about her entrepreneur journey is priceless and super inspiring and encouraging to us all that are moving in this space. So without further ado, help me welcome Vanessa Brantley-Newton to Tisha Talks Topics. Welcome to Tisha Talks Topics. I am so excited to have you on the show today, Vanessa. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It has been a long time coming. <laughs> yes, it has. Absolutely. Um, so I've already kind of done like a brief introduction about you, but if you can introduce yourself to everybody, tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. My name is Vanessa Brantley Newton, and I am an illustrator. Uh, and I illustrate mostly children's books, but I'm also a storyteller and I am an author. So yeah, those are the things that I do right now. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I know that you have had, I see your <laughs> shelf behind you. And, um, <laughs> tons of books. And I'm so excited to find out just even more about that and even more about your journey. I know that, um, 
I know that I saw one of the books that you illustrated on Oprah's um, book club read, I think it was. So exciting. And so can you tell us a little bit more about that? Can you tell us more about your journey and how you got to the, the, the place that you are today? Uh, you know, um, there are things that happen in life sometimes and we wonder, God, why are you allowing this particular thing to happen to me at this particular time? And uh, I've worked in the hospital as a phlebotomist. Uh, that's a person who draws blood. I worked in the hospital for many, many, many long years. And I kind of put my art kind of to the side. And every once in a while, I'd do a reading card for somebody. Uh, the church that I was attending, every once in a while, they would have me do something, you know, artful or whatever. But art wasn't the thing. And writing wasn't the thing that I really uh, put time and effort into. And uh, my husband uh, had a wonderful job working for Honeywell and was making lots of checks. <laughs> he was making nice long money and um it was the kind of money where i could stay at home and be a stay-at-home mom you know and uh previously we had lost um a baby and then we buried a child she would have been actually on mother's day she'd been 22 years old yeah. and so um all these things started happening you know 9-11 happened uh, my husband lost his job and all the money went out the window and the only thing that he was collecting was unemployment. I had been laid off from the hospital, so there was really no money coming in. And um, we were desperate. We were desperate. We called our church and asked for money. Um, we called relatives. My mom had died from cancer. I mean, it was like labor pains, boom, 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 boom. Everything that could possibly happen was happening. And then our house went into foreclosure. So everything was like off the table now. And it was just, you know, anything, like I said, that could happen, just seemed to be happening. I mean, one person said, are you guys cursed? You know, that all of these things are happening. I'm like, God, I know that I'm a worshiper. I'm praying. I'm seeking your face. And all this kind of crazy stuff is jumping off. What is going on? Mm -hmm. And um, I remember my husband and I uh, really just being challenged where money was concerned. And uh, my father had just remarried. Six months after my mom died, my, my father remarried. And I needed to call him and ask him for money. And I couldn't because he just got married, not appropriate. And so um, literally I'm like, God, what, what do I do? And this is when kind of like the internet had just started and you know, people doing blogs and stuff like that. And uh, my husband had previously bought me a computer. And I said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna create a blog. And I created this blog. And I said, I'm gonna build a portfolio. <laughs> and I would sit there and literally, Latisa, I would, I would teach myself mm -hmm. how to draw on the computer. And it was with a child program, something for a child, something I bought for Zoe. And I'll never forget, it was Orly. <laughs> that was the name of the drawing program. Because I couldn't afford the Adobe and all the different things that they have now for artists to use. So I really had to like, God, just show me what to do. So I bought this little $12 program <laughs> for Zoe. And I taught myself how to draw on the computer. Now, I already knew how to draw. But, you know, um, people were saying they needed digital work. Right. That kind of thing. So I'm doing this thing. And I'm teaching myself how to draw. And I'm really going to fast forward. Okay, I learned how to draw on the computer. I learned how to uh, do more artwork than you could possibly imagine. Put all of this stuff together. We had artwork, Latisa, and when I tell you, get up in your camera, it was everywhere. It was. 
was literally everywhere. I had it all over the living room. It was on the dining room table. My husband came in one day and he said, and it was in anger and frustration. You need to clean off this table. All this artwork all over the table. You need to eat. And I told him, I said, we ain't got no money and no food to eat. So why we, you know, why, why clean off the table? Might as well draw. Um, a friend of mine from Christ Church, um, her name was Karen. Um, her name is Karen Proctor. She and I are still best friends. And Karen called me and said, hey, the Lord laid it on my heart to come over to your house. And so he heard us on the phone and he goes, you got to clean it up now. And girl, I tried to clean it up. I really did. I was picking up papers and trying to clean it up. And the doorbell rings. It's Karen. And Karen walks in. And this is what I want to encourage you, your, your, your listeners with. Sometimes we don't know why things are happening. Mm -hmm. And God is a God who is strategic. Always remember, God is not sitting on the throne, scratching his head like, I didn't know that was coming. Right. <laughs> That's right. not the kind of God we serve. He knows what he has in mind for us. I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. And so the Karen walks in the door and she goes, Vanessa, who, where did all this artwork come from? I said, oh, it's me. I'm just doing some artwork and whatever. She goes, Vanessa, in all the years that I've known you, which was about eight years, she goes, you never told me you were an illustrator. I said, I'm trying to be an illustrator. She goes, oh, no, apparently you're an illustrator. <laughs> all this work around. And I said, yeah. She said, well, do you know who I work for? I said, no, I don't know who you work for. She said, Vanessa, you don't know who I work for? I said, I absolutely do not know who you work for. She said, Vanessa, I work for Scholastic Books. You're hired. <laughs> like, yes, Lord. <laughs> and I want to say to your listeners that it is when preparation and opportunity meet, they kiss and they have a baby over you called success. And it wasn't without struggle. It wasn't without a hard time. And I'm not saying that we all have to have a hard time. But um, the respect that I have as an illustrator the voice that God has given me in this industry and in children's books is big because I have had to go through a struggle. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen when I was 25 or 27, 30 or 35. It happened when I was 42 years old. I'm now 56 years old. You know, I'll be 57 this year, but I'm saying it to say, Never doubt the process, whatever the process is. Let the process be and, and allow yourself to go through the process. So wow. that's how I ended up where I am today. You know, I absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely love that because I think a lot of times, I think like now, a lot of people see the, the success of everybody else. They see the, the, the great things that are happening and they don't really understand the backdrop behind it and the work and the things that um, you have to experience in those moments, I kind of want to go back to when everything kind of just seemed like it was not working out for you. And you had, did you, were you ever like, why God? Like, what did I, like, what did I do? What am I supposed to be doing? And how did you pick yourself up through those times? Because I know a lot of people who get stuck in that spot. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think I shared with you already that uh, Ray and I lost a child. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just, when I tell you it was my, my, my prayer, this is what I want to tell you and share with your listeners, is 
prayer before all of the things started happening was, God, I want to know you, not just in the good things that happen. I want to know you in the power of your might. I want to know you, as the scripture says, to suffer with you is to reign with you. And I remember praying those words. And sometimes we pray those things and we think we're just being deep. Oh, Lord, just I just want to be closer to you, Jesus. I just want to know, you know, and we, you know, but if you really mean this in your heart, and I meant it in my heart. I mean, I still get emotional about it when I think. I meant every word that was coming out of my mouth. I need to know you. I just don't want to know you in the praise moment. I want to know you, God, when heaven is quiet, when the earth seems like it is reeling back and forth. I want to know you and be stable in you and not just be moved because, oh, I don't have money. Oh, me. Oh, nobody's calling me for opportunities. I want to know that I have a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, everything started happening. And I remember sitting on the couch, uh, pregnant with my that I lost. And I heard the Lord whisper to me, this is Gethsemane for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what does this mean, Gethsemane? Go and read the scripture. This is Gethsemane. This is where Jesus cried, mm-hmm. tears, sweat, blood. You know, and I'm like, God, are you saying to me, you're going to take this baby? And I heard the heavens just get quiet. Mm. And the baby was taken. And I remember as I laid there pushing her out, hearing all the other mothers celebrate and talk about, oh, wow, it's a baby boy, it's a baby girl, you know. And my room was dead quiet. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to the Lord when I pushed her out, you're faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. In a very, very dark moment, you are faithful. Didn't know that all of this was bringing me closer to God because you know what we want to do? We want to talk about our successes, right. how successful I've been. I've been this, I've been that, and I've done this, and I've done that. But people really don't want to hear about your successes. They want to know how you, and you just even asked me the question, how did you get through that? Right. Back to remembering what I prayed for. I had to go back to remembering even the prophetic word that was spoken over to me, uh, that you were going to be great. But the greatness just doesn't come out of because you spend time with God. And you would, you're going to go through some things. Mm-hmm. And it's to build your faith. Um, the process of a butterfly is to be a caterpillar. And as women and some even men, we don't like to see creepy crawly things. <laughs> we want to smash them and kill them. Right. And not understanding that this is going to be a butterfly one day. Mm-hmm. And that butterfly goes into, or that uh, 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 caterpillar goes into a cocoon. And this is the difference between change and transformation. Mm-hmm. I, didn't want to, I didn't want to be changed. Mm-hmm. I wanted transformation. And what happens is a caterpillar goes into a larva state, or, or, or uh, not a larva, but a cocoon state, where it goes into its cocoon and it literally liquefies. It, liquef- it doesn't stay solid. It liquefies. And it is said that if you try to take a butterfly out of its cocoon, it won't have a chance to work its wings. And while it's working its wings, it's building strength so it can fly on its own. And sometimes we're in a situation where we want help and we want everybody and nobody's available. I mean, right now, nobody can come to your house because we're social distancing. Mm-hmm. How do I build my wings? And this is, this truly is getting in the word for yourself. Pick up the Bible and read it for yourself so that you know what the promises of God are without somebody having to call and tell you. 
which is nice and helpful, but what if nobody's there? Mm-hmm. You can have a relationship with God and not have anybody else around you for the moment mm-hmm. and build your relationship. Even if you don't understand, even if you don't understand what you're reading, ask God to reveal it to you. That's what strengthens us. And just having a regular conversation with God. Sometimes you think you got to be so deep and, you know, come in a certain way. And sometimes it's just, Lord, I need your help. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. I need you. It's as simple as that. And that's how I build my faith. That's how I got to being in a place where I was able to minister to because I knew exactly where they were. I knew exactly where they were when there was, I don't know what to do. I've been there. I feel like giving up. I've been there. I want to kill myself. I've been there. Been all, all of that. All of that. So, so uh, thank God for the trouble because it builds our faith. Yeah, definitely. I think even when you're looking to um, pursue your purpose, it is definitely a faith walk because it doesn't look like what we think um, that it's going to be. We don't know. Um, it's a discovery process that we're, that we're walking on. We don't always know um, what, where the road is going to lead us to. Um, and so I think that that is awesome. And also, I'm sure that those experiences have helped inspire and birth some of your artwork and the things that you produce. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Like how, where your inspiration comes from? Absolutely. Um, uh, there's a book that um, I wrote called Don't Let Auntie Mabel Bless the Table. And y'all know why. <laughs> you, you know exactly why. But <laughs> I wrote this book, but it came out of a, a situation where one of our friends, we would go to their houses to eat and the, the guy would get up and he would pray so long over the food, it would just aggravate us to no limit. It, we, we would just be like, oh, please forget. <laughs> exactly. And the food, you know, the food would have to go back to the kitchen and be warmed up all over again. I mean, literally, he would pray, Father, bless all the children in Africa and everything that don't have, you know, and I'm not saying that that's not important, but there's a difference between saying grace <laughs> and, you know, and prayer. And it just got to be crazy. And the Lord dropped it in my spirit one day. He said, you know what? This would be a good story to tell for children, teach them how to pray over there. And I did this book. And uh, now I am asked so often about this book. Where can I get the book? You can't even buy the book anymore. The book has uh, been sold out. Can't even buy it. We're talking to the publishers now to see if they will put out a second edition of the book because everybody constantly asks me for it. I mean, you know, the only way you can probably get it is probably buy a used copy. <laughs> but um, I'm saying those situations, you know, like even what now with COVID-19, uh, sometimes the best songs, the best messages, the best um, uh, poetry, artwork is born out of these types of situations. You know, and so we can't just look at it as this is just a horrible time. This is, I believe, a divine shutdown from heaven. I don't believe that God sent this, but I do believe that he's allowed it to come to kind of quiet us. Yeah. Um, those who are going to be uh, strong Christians are going to find a way to seek the face of God at home. Yeah. That's just the truth. Uh, getting on the phone, calling somebody, being inspired. I know the song came to me. Your husband is a musician. And so I know that there's songs <laughs> coming out of him. Trust me. Mm-hmm. It is a time to just kind of reflect, think on the good things, think on what God has blessed us with and watch what creativity comes 
right. when we become thankful. I so completely, I've been talking in like my community to people about like, I really believe that this is a time that God is going to elevate the believers and yes. that there are so many opportunities that are going to be birthed out of this time as we're slowing down and reconnecting with him. And um, something that you said uh, made me think about how a lot of the times people, um, they despise the trial, right? But um, I always feel like when I go through difficult seasons in life, I'm always like, what are you going to do, God? Like, what's going to birth out of this? What is, what is, what is going to be pulled out of me? And I think that's so important, especially as like entrepreneurs, because there are so many ups and downs. Like, <laughs> you're not really sure, you know, how, you know, this month your, your income may look like this or your notoriety may look like this and the next month it may look like something else. And, and so I think just taking every season, understanding what is that scripture when it talks about, um, uh, talks about how, how to um, be good, be good when it's, um, when it's, when it's uncertain, be good when it's like, when it's good, be, be, be content. That's it. Be content in whatever season that you're in. And so, um, I think that that's so important because a lot of people miss that, that space and life is not always highs. That's right. It's so not highs. I mean, um, uh, Andre Crouch wrote a beautiful song about that. Um, uh, uh, I thank him for the mountains. I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the trials he brought me through. Uh, if I never had a problem, I would know that God could solve them. I would know what faith in his word could do. And, and you know, you think about where did those lyrics come from? They, they came from going through something and knowing that God can bring you through. Like I said, nobody wants to hear about your successes. They don't want to hear about, oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. Nobody wants to hear about that. We want to hear about what you do when you just wanted to flush it all down the toilet. Mm -hmm. What'd you do when your husband walked out on you and said he didn't want you no more? What'd you do when your wife did that? Right. What'd you do when your children said they didn't want to serve God? Or, or when your business folded during a COVID-19 situation? What, what did you do? That's what people want to know. So, so that when it happens to me, I'm able to mount up with wings like an eagle and fly. You know? But it's not from just, you know, having all good happen to you that's not the way it works and so if you're just looking for the kind of life that's easy you know without um a situation without um uh things that make you just question why why did i become a christian and i've had moments y'all where i was like really i would have to push this to the side because i got some up in my throat you know what i mean i got some cuss words up in there yeah. that's not that's not a good thing that's not that's not that's not what god want me to do it's gonna take you backwards but God, what do you want me to learn from it? And that's an important question, Latisha, they need to ask themselves. What are you trying to show me, Father, so I don't have to keep going around this mountain like the children of Israel did? For 40 years, they walked around that mountain because they would not obey. We need to obey whatever God is saying at the moment. And it may be uncomfortable, but do it because I know it's going to spring up life. I know it is. So that's, that's where I am with that one. Definitely. 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 I used to say all the time, like, what, I want to pass the test. What is the test? <laughs> I want to keep, I want to pass the test. Just tell me what I need to do. Cause I don't want to do this no more. Um, so I remember saying that a lot, but, um, I kind of want to shift a little bit and talk about, because I know that I've known you, um, everyone probably doesn't know. I've known you since I was like, yeah, a little yeah. girl. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Kid. Um, and so I've seen a lot of, um, you know, transitions as far as like entrepreneurship is concerned. Um, I know you started out singing um, in the singing group and then you also um, did My Sister Stuff. And so I can we talk a little bit about like that elevation of, um, or that, yeah, no, not the elevation, the um, evolving of all those things and how they kind of landed you where you are now. Absolutely. Um, uh, I was a praise and worship leader at a church, at, at our church, um, Christ Church. And um, while I enjoyed it and everything, um, was um, I was being used a lot and I loved it, but I kept hearing God saying, I called you to greater. When I would pray, I would just hear him, I called you. And I'm like, what's, what's greater than praise and worship? You know, and the Lord began to explain to me that worship was not just lifting your hands and being in service. Worship is you being a mom taking care of your kids. Worship is you taking care of your husband. Worship is going to work as a nurse and taking care of your patients. Wor a worship is being a good entrepreneur over the thing that God gave you. Uh, you know, a, a Proverbs 31, she did everything. I mean, she really did. She did everything. Her husband, you know, he would go sit in the gate. But that sister was knitting. She was sewing clothes. She was doing everything. You know, and so um, uh, I, you know, I, I heard the Lord say, I need you to step down from worship. And they were not happy about it. You know, just being honest, they were not happy about it. Um, that's not God. And then I was like, you know what? I have to hear God for, for me. And I had heard the prophetic word that said, I called you to be great. And that uh, I'm going to put you in situations where you're going to have to say no. And um, I remember saying no to that. And my husband and my daughter both had eczema so bad that it bled. And I could not put the Aveeno on them or whatever that was in the store. And I heard the Lord say, he said, I want you to mix a batch of things together. And I went to this website and I found out how to mix it. And I added this and I added the other thing. And before I knew it, I created a butter for my husband. And the man took it to work, came home one day and he said, you know, I washed my hands three times. And he said, they didn't crack not once. I was like, really? That is awesome. Put it on my baby girl, Zoe. Zoe had eczema on her legs. I went back and looked at my baby's legs after two weeks. And I was like, wait a minute. You have eczema and it's gone. What's up with this? And um, my husband took it to work. And somebody on the job said, hey, my hands are really dry. You have any lotion or anything? Took it. And he said, where did you get this from? He said, my wife made it. He said, well, can she make some for me? And <laughs> before I knew it, I was in this business of making body butter. And, and it was say, so good. Yeah. I was completely like that scrub. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm not like, and then when I think back to it now, like there's so many natural skincare products out now, but like you guys really started in that space. Like there weren't a lot of people. And when I say like, I used to be like, I'm going to take my baths. I could get in my scrub. Like I was feeding for it. <laughs> it was really I still make scrub and for us, I just know a lot of people, but I'll make some for you and send it to you. <laughs> uh, definitely. But you know, um, that that's how it started. Before I knew it, I was in Essence Magazine, right next to um, uh, one of my mentors, which was uh, Lisa Price from Carol's Daughter, you know? And um, I enjoyed doing it. And you know, from there, you know, we would go into people's houses and spying them and everything. And it was, it was awesome. But then it was, it was still not what I felt God was calling me to. And I was like, God, I said, I feel like there's more. What, 
what is it? And he brought back up to me a prophetic word that I received from David Ireland uh, when I first came to Christ Church. And this is when we were Tabernacle of Love. Remember that? Tabernacle of Love. And he, he called me and he said that, he said, I'm going to teach you the word of the Lord was, I'm going to teach you how to make a buck. And you've asked about your uh, schooling. What will become of that? And the Lord said, he's going to open a door that you're going to walk through. And you're going to see that is not going to come to waste. And then, like I said, uh, things happen, things happen. And I end up in publishing and doing children's books. It, it was amazing. It was amazing. Wow. Um, I definitely want to talk about that a little bit more because I find a lot of people who are like, you know, they kind of start this thing and then they might start that thing. And, or they feel like they have a whole bunch of different giftings and they're not really clear like what direction um, they should go in. And so I'm, I'm wondering um, what advice would you give them? Because it, 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 for me, my opinion is that there's different seasons that we find ourselves in, right? It doesn't, um, it doesn't mean that that's the end all, like that God can so have much more for you. You don't have to be boxed into this little space. Um, so I'm just wondering, what is your advice for someone who's trying to figure out, well, like, I'm kind of good at this and I did that and that was good, but I'm still like, I don't feel like I've hit it yet. What kind of advice would you give them? Uh, my advice would uh, to be one thing that you really have to do is um, get into a place of prayer. And I mean, when, I, when I'm saying that this, is not just throwing out prayer, I'm talking about where you really have a conversation with God and you ask yourself a couple of questions. What thing comes after the morning? What's the first thing that comes to your mind that you want to do? Is it singing? Is it playing an instrument? Is it cooking? Is it talking to people and encouraging them? Usually, I, I tell people the first thing that will come to mind is the first thing that you need to work on. That's what you need to, you know, kind of dwell on. If it's, you know, the, the first thing you want to do is I want to call somebody and encourage them today. Then maybe that's what you need to do. If it is the last thing, what is the last thing that you think about before you go to bed? Now, for me, in the morning when I got up, it was drawing. The last thing at night was telling myself a story. And it was because my mom and dad, they worked too hard. They didn't have time to tell me and my sister's stories. So I had to tell me and my sister's stories. And so it was, you know, uh, every night I would tell her a story. I would tell Koya a story. And in the morning, the first thing I want to do is get out of the bed and draw. That's the first thing I think about. And it is what I'm doing. I'm writing books and telling children's stories. So uh, find out what your passion is. What is, what is, if everything was taken from you, what is the one thing that you would want to do? Now, as much as I love to sing, I love You know, so that's, you know, I wouldn't want the ability taken from me to draw. That would, yeah. So find out what it is that you would not want taken from you. What, what is the thing that drives you in the morning? And what, what do you think about before you go to bed? That's going to help you determine where your hand should be in the till. You got a lot of gifts, but uh, what do you need to focus on? And that's asking God to spirit, reveal it to me. Mm -hmm. What exactly what I need to be doing that's going to make me a money magnet that's going to cause money to come into my coffers so that I can build my business and open up a door for others to walk through. Wow, that's excellent. 
That's I'm gonna go do that. So, <laughs> Stay tuned. I got a prophetic word for you. So don't. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, you 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 know I'm prophet. So yeah. I just I hear the word of the Lord. I got to give it to you. That is so. That's so good. Because even when you were talking about that, even in your my sister stuff. It was you were telling a story, even in um, singing, you're still telling a story. Like the story component um, just is a theme throughout the thing, throughout you know, your, yeah, yeah. So cool. Well, I have completely enjoyed our conversation. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to let everybody know like what's coming up, what you're doing, how they can reach you, and and talk about some of the other things. You got like tons of books back there, okay? <laughs> tons of books back here. I got this is this is only a small batch of them. Um, I have illustrated over 87 children's books, wow. and I have had the joy of writing five of my own, and I'm actually concentrating on my own books now, um, as the Lord leads me to uh, tell stories to children. Also, that I'm a diversity expert because uh, what I found was children of color, uh, black children, Hispanic children, Asian children, Indian children are not seen in children's books as what I call the protagonist of a book, a star of a book. And um, uh, I want to be a part of allowing the whole world, whether you're white, black, or whatever, I need for every child to be illustrated beautifully in a book and every child should have that gift given to them. So um, that's really my call. But you can reach me at VanessaBrantleyNewton.com. You can also find me on Facebook and friend me. I can still have a couple of friends, it says. Um, so you can find me on Facebook under Vanessa Newton and look for the little brown girl that's dancing. Um, you can also find me on Instagram under Vanessa Brantley Newton. Last night I did my first live Instagram read and I'm going to be doing more of those. So uh, please come and check me out um, uh, in my feed and see I will be doing Grandma's Purse on next week. So look forward to that. And um, you can, like I said, I would love to hear from you via email or whatever. So um, just, you know, go on to VanessaBrunnyNewton.com and leave me a message. I'd love to hear from you. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, can you just do one last thing for me? Yeah. You, um, so my son is nine. Um, and I, you know, it is difficult to find books of, um, that represent him. Um, I mean, he's all into like, you know, the superheroes and the Marvels and all the other kind of stuff. But um, what book do you have a book that you've illustrated or written or know of that um, will be good for like his, his age? Um, there is a friend of mine, his name is Ty Jackson. So uh, when we finish with our interview, okay. I'll tell you to go onto Facebook and look up Ty Jackson. Mm -hmm. Ty Jackson does these awesome uh, uh, middle grade readers for um, boys his age with black characters. Mm -hmm. Also, there is Kwame Alexander that did a fantastic book um, uh, uh, that you can find online. Uh, he has done a bunch of them. Um, uh, but, uh, these books are about black boys yeah, yeah. who are, you know, telling, telling stories about their lives and everything else. So, uh, definitely look up Kwame Alexander and Ty Jackson. Um, and, oh, and also my friend, Jerry Craft, definitely look, look it up. Uh, he has a new book out called New Kid. It is fantastic. Get the book. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to pull that one up. Is now is there any book back there that you want to just show everybody? Um, Absolutely. Um, this is my new book. Oh, I 
got it. This is my new book that I read last night on Instagram, and it's called Just Like Me. And it is a book of poetry. That, this is my first book of poetry for um, children, but it's kind of going towards little girls. Mm -hmm. And it is a message of love in that um, uh, we think what makes us different really makes us stand out and so different. But really what makes us different is really what makes us the same. And so in this book, you find uh, just love poems to little girls about um, accepting themselves, that they're canvases, that they can be strong, that they can do anything they put their minds to. And so you can find this at Amazon, uh, Barnes and Nobles, and independent bookstores everywhere. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure talking to you. And I can't wait for us to have our online, com offline conversation. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Looking forward to it. But thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a part. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. Be blessed. You too. Hey guys, so I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. I hope it was encouraging or it inspired you or it empowered you to do something that you wouldn't normally do. I really hope that these podcasts are helping you. And what I would absolutely love is if you could give me a star or I think there's some hand claps or something you can do to just show me some love. Let me know that I'm on the right track and I'm supplying you with valuable information that is going to help you in your journey as you're discovering your purpose, as you're walking in your purpose, and as you're walking in your passion. So until next time, guys, share and subscribe.